Thank you, Lewis. Thank you, choir. He will reign forevermore. I pray that it's not only a special music, but it's a reality in our lives. I bring you greetings from our pastor, Evan. He called me earlier this morning. Not only he called me uh, to see if I was ready, but he prayed with me. And uh, that says so much about his heart. Uh, we're excited that he took these days off. It was a surprise for Christy for their anniversary, so we just pray that God may give them a lot more together as an example and a testimony of what a godly marriage is uh, for each one of us. Uh, I get really nervous, believe it or not. Uh, I just finished uh, with our service in Spanish, uh, the same exact sermon. So if all of a sudden you see me that I stopped talking, I'm okay. I just forgot Spanish and English. Um, but thank you for the privilege that you give us to be able to worship in our own language and our own culture. And thank you for the love that, that you have expressed uh, every time towards the Hispanic. And uh, I told the pastor even before I accepted the call here, uh, let's be one church, two languages. And uh, we've, we've lived it. Uh, it's already four months. And thank you for being that one, one church, two languages, but it's still one love about him. So let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the privilege that you give us to worship you in spirit and truth. Lord, thank you for our pastor, Evan. Lord, thank you for his marriage. Thank you for Christy. Thank you, Lord, for another year of anniversary. Continue blessing them. Bring them, bring them back safely, Lord, and uh, help us, Lord, to, to understand this morning that you are our guest of honor. Lord, we love you, and we, we don't even have the words how to thank you for Christmas, because it is about you. But help us to have a sincere and open heart today, so that you may reign in our hearts. We ask for this in your precious name. Amen. Without a doubt, the spirit of Christmas is already in the air. We see it in the stores. We see it in the houses. We see it in the commercial, and thank God that already, my kids are already grown up. Because I remember when they were younger, uh, every other commercial was, was about toys. And, and you would hear them screaming from the, from the bedroom, Mom, Dad, run, run, I want this for Christmas. Because uh, you already see the spirit of Christmas. We see it even in the cards. And by the way, thank you. I love that idea of, of leaving cards there in the bins. Uh, thank you for each one of uh, you that given us a, a card and, and a gift. Now, please understand, I have nothing against uh, the stores or the houses. If you go to my house, I have some lights. Uh, we have a Christmas tree, and I, and I pray that we get some gifts if, if we behave during this whole year. Uh, but during Christmas, we, we have a, a major work to do, and it's that other Christians and, and the people don't miss the meaning of Christmas. Please understand there had to be a manger to be a cross. And there had to be a cross to be an empty tomb. So please just don't see the baby in that manger and think that it's over, that at the end of Christmas we're going to put him in the box and put him back in the attic. No, that was only the beginning of the story. Because that manger was necessary for there could be a cross, and a very painful cross. But that cross was necessary so we can have an empty tomb. Throughout the years, people have missed Christmas. They have missed the humbleness of the manger by looking and buying high-priced gifts. They have missed Christmas with the silent night becoming a craziness in, in the stores. Do you remember the Cabbage Patch kids when they came out? 
I don't know here in Georgia, but in Miami, there was some fist fights over these. With all due respect, I know that Cabbage Patch land, it's here in, by Helen, Georgia. Those are one ugly dolls. <laughs> but in Miami, they were just literally fist fight for these dolls way back. Do you remember when Tickle, uh, Tickle Me Elmo came out? The same thing. People were going crazy. They were showing in the news women diving for the last Tickle Me Elmo. It's, it's just gotten crazy. They've missed Christmas with a star. The star that was showing the shepherds and the pastors where to go. And now they've missed Christmas because the, 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 the Christmas now is to see how many lights we can put in our homes. And even to the, to the point that they have shows to see who's going to win with 20,000, 50,000, 100,000 lights. They missed the, the Christmas with the angels. And now they think that we can replace the angels with reindeers in our homes. They missed the celebration of Christ's birth with dinners and feasts and alcohol. Are you aware that December 24th and 25th is when most drunken drivers get into accidents and kill or lose other members of our family. But this is not new. You see, because when Christmas happened over 2,000 years, a few people missed Christmas. And let's see the first people that missed Christmas. I normally like to, to stay in, 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 a, in a chapter and some verses, but today we're going to travel a little bit. I invite you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 7. And let's see the first person that missed Christmas. Luke chapter 2, verse 7. And listen what it says. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I don't know if you noticed, the first person to miss Christmas was the owner of the inn. Christmas happened right in front of him and, and he just missed, he missed Christmas. He had a young couple. She was, I'm sure that she was huge, ready to give birth. And he just said, there's no place in the inn. I've always asked myself, uh, what about his wife? Did she have those feelings for this girl, a young couple, and say, hey, listen, come into my house? I don't know if they had a, a rollaway bed. I don't know if they had a sofa bed. I don't know if they could have said, listen, take our, our, our room for a few days didn't they know someone that could have helped them? The only thing that we know is that they missed Christmas. We don't know nothing about those men. Even though that Christmas happened on his, right on his property, he missed Christmas. You know why he missed Christmas? Take a deep breath. He was too busy. He was so busy with the rooms. He was so busy with the guests. He was so busy with his job. He was so busy looking maybe at the financial statement to see, wow, we're booked out. How much money? He was so busy with his job that he missed Christmas. And listen, church, I'm afraid that that's what's been happening every Christmas every year. It's 2018 beginning to look like 2017, like 2016, that we missed Christmas because we're too busy. We're too busy making our list and checking it twice. Are we too busy thinking of who are we going to invite for dinner? Are we too busy with the decoration? Are we too busy with the lines and, and, and the gift? Are we too busy working even overtime so we can get gifts that we don't need? 
I remember one year I needed to buy batteries for my kids for the toys. And I went out to Walgreens. And the line were out, was outside Walgreens. And, and I noticed that people were buying last minute gift. Listen, if we have to buy a gift at Walgreens or CVS, people don't need a gift. <laughs> but we get so busy. And now our lives are so busy that we can't even come Wednesdays to church. Now our, our work and our time and our family and our kids and in sports and the news and politics, we get so busy in the world that we're living that we keep missing Christmas. And not only December 25th, every year of our lives, during the whole year, we got into a point that we think that we come to Sunday to church that that's good enough. We cannot continue to grow with 35-minute sermon and maybe if we come to Bible study with another uh, 45 minutes. Let me ask you a question, and please listen to my heart. It's time for us to stop missing Christmas. It's for us to start living Christmas. Of course, we don't know what day it was, but we know and we celebrate that the Savior was born. Don't be so busy in your life nowadays. That you miss Christmas. But let's look at someone else. Not only the owner of the inn missed Christmas. But come with me, with me to Matthew chapter 2. And let's see somebody else that really missed Christmas. Matthew chapter 2. Verses 1 through 3. Matthew chapter 2. Verse 1 through 3. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod, the king, heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. You know who missed Christmas? King Herod. He, he really missed it. <laughs> It says in verse three, uh, 3 that he was troubled. And you ask, well, why was he troubled? Did you notice what we read in, in verse 2? Here comes the, 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 the kings from the east. Uh, and they said, where is the king of the Jews? I don't know you, but if I would have been Herod, I said, hello, you're looking at him. Uh, I am the king. You see, that's why he was troubled. He was considered one of the craziest king ever to live. He killed his brother. He killed his wife. He's killed his mother-in-law. He killed two of his sons out of fear of losing his throne. That's why it was so easy for him in verse 16 to kill so many kids. Because he was terrified of losing his throne. When he heard, where is the, uh, has been born the king of the Jews, he was saying, wait a second, am I losing my throne? And listen, church, I believe that nowadays it's happening the same thing. I believe that we're missing Christmas for the same reason. We are terrified to, to lose our throne. We are terrified to, to not be the king in our home, in our marriages, with our kids, at work, in the community, and in our church. And we're missing Christmas just because we're terrified of losing our throne. Yes, people want Jesus as a resource in their time of need. I call this a syndrome of the bandage. This morning I started eating my nails. That's how nervous I was. I, and, and all of a sudden I just started bleeding. And I, I told my wife, I need a bandage. You see, and sometimes we, we use Jesus as a bandage. 
Do you know families that come to church when their marriage has been almost at the border of, 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 uh, of a divorce? Have you met people that their health has been struggling or their finances? They come to church and when Jesus does a miracle in their life, that was the last Sunday that you saw him in church? It's a syndrome of the bandage. Because in a few days, I'm going to be looking to see if, if, if I have healed. And when, I, when it's healed, what do I do to the bandage? I throw it away. They're okay with Jesus to help them not to go to hell. But they don't want him to rule in their life. So we can continue to live however we want. And that's why my heart breaks during Christmas. That's why as families we need to stay so focused in the, in, in the meaning of Christmas. Because we are afraid of losing our throne. Where are we? Where are we as men, as women, as marriages, as a church, as a community? Are we so afraid of losing our throne that we have said, Jesus, there is no place for you in our lives? Yes, we'll come and we'll worship and, and listen. That's what I'm afraid. We already know to, when to raise our hands. We know when to close our eyes. We know the songs. But is he the kings of kings in our lives? Because sometimes we don't want to get off of that little horse. But listen, even if you think that you're a king, he is the kings of kings. And things will start changing. Because 2,000 years ago, when that baby was born in that manger, things changed it. Changed, changed everything. Even time was split before Christ and after Christ. Let me ask you a question. Has there been a before Christ and after Christ in our lives? Or are we just holding on to our throne? And that's why our marriages are the way that they are. And that's why our families are the way that they are. And that's why our churches are the way that they are. And that's why our community and our government, because it's a domino effect. As long as we don't let him to be in, 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 uh, the king of our lives and, and really rule our lives, our everyday thought, our everyday walk, we're just going to go from bad to worse every day. Listen, church, please, let's not, let's not miss Christmas. We don't want 2018 to look like 2017, to look like 2016, 2015. What if we don't miss Christmas like the owner of the inn because he was too busy? What if we don't miss Christmas like, like Herod because he was afraid of losing his throne? But there was another people that missed Christmas. Because you see, Herod wanted to know where this king would be born so that he can really kill him. I know he told them, uh, listen, wise man, go and find out and come back and let me know uh, where he's born so I can go worship. We all know that he wanted to kill him. But listen to Matthew 2, verse 4 through 6. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For thus is written by the prophet, For you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. He asked the experts. He asked the Pharisees. He asked the scribes. He asked the religious people. And then you scripture. They didn't have to look it up and say, okay, let me see where the Messiah is supposed to be born. 
They didn't have to look in the Old Testament. They knew by heart where the Messiah was supposed to be born. And that's why it was so easy for them. Well, yeah, over there in Bethlehem. That's where. But listen, they, they knew it all. But they didn't take the time to walk two or three miles south to see if this is the Messiah that they were waiting from the Old Testament. And they missed Christmas. You know why they, the, the Pharisees and the scribes and the leaders, religious leaders, missed Christmas? Because they thought they knew it all. They were okay with, with their traditions. They were okay with knowing the, the word of God, but not living it. That's why Jesus came and he had no problem with the prostitutes. He had no problem with the thieves. But boy, did he have problems with the religious people. And I'm afraid that we're going to miss Christmas for the same reason. Oh, I really don't know. I don't need to come the 24th. I really don't need to go over the story on the 25th. I know it by heart. And it's okay. I don't need more sermons. I don't need to go to my Bible studies or Wednesday night. I know more than my teachers. I know everything. Listen, be careful because the Pharisees and the scribes missed Christmas because they were so indifferent in their life to the point that they crucified Jesus. And yes, it was for our sins. But there was so much jealousy, so much com competition in their life. That there they said, yes, in Bethlehem of Judea, but they didn't take the time to go see if he was the Messiah. Where are we today, church? Are we missing Christmas? What are we doing with the rest of the year? Do we get all fired up now for Christmas because now, now we know that in a few months is Easter? But then after Easter, we have to wait a month again for, for Christmas? Have we gotten stuck there? Or do we really understand the meaning of Christmas? But there were people who did see Christmas. The shepherds saw Christmas. The wise men saw Christmas. Simeon saw Christmas. Anna saw Christmas. And I invite you during this week to look up each one of those stories. There's a word in every one of them. It says, and they worshiped them. Yeah. See, don't miss Christmas this year. You see, because the shepherds knew what was happening and they worshiped him. The wise men worshiped him. Simeon, when they put that baby in his hands, he says, now I can die because I have seen the Messiah. And I knew that it was the Messiah. And they all worshipped him. What a difference between those that missed Christmas and those that saw Christmas. And you say, well, what do we really miss in Christmas? Let me read to you a, a passage in Isaiah chapter 9 that we all know. It was a, the prophet Isaiah in chapter 9, verse 6. It says, for on Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know what we miss? The sonogram. See, because when I read Isaiah, that was a sonogram. And all the ladies here that have given birth, they, you have a sonogram. And they can tell you if it's a boy or a girl. And sometimes now they can even tell you if they come with sickness or not. But that sonogram doesn't tell you if he's going to be a football player or a basketball player. It doesn't tell you if he's going to be a, a lawyer or engineer or if somebody's going to pick up the trash in our cities. It doesn't tell you that. But when we read Isaiah, it tells us exactly who that baby Jesus was going to be. 
Don't miss that he's going to be the prince of peace. Don't miss that he's our counselor. This Friday, I had the privilege of speaking in Campbell Elementary. And then I, afterwards, I was talking to some parents. And the story, it doesn't matter if they were Hispanic or Anglos or African American. The story repeated. I haven't seen my father. I don't know who my father is. Or I grew up without a father. Listen, it says that the Jesus is going to be our father in heaven. And we go and we spend millions of dollars in counselor. And I'm okay with counseling. But it says that he is a counselor. Don't miss. Don't miss his sonogram. Don't miss Christmas. But I want to finish telling you a story that happened in, in Miami. In Miami, we have the Enchanted Forest every Christmas. It's a huge park. They, they put it really nice. And it's become very expensive. And one of our pastors was giving testimony. He said that he went a few years ago. And he went by the nativity scene. And he said that he just stood by just to see the reaction of people. He said that a family with a little girl came to, to the nativity set. And they were just staring there at the nativity set. And the little girl said, Mama, who's that lady? And she said, well, her name is, is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mama, and, and who's that man? Well, that's Joseph, the father of Jesus. And then she says, Mom, and who's that baby? And the pastor said that the parents just grabbed her by the hand and started dragging her away. And she started screaming, Mom, who's that baby? And she says, his name is Jesus, but who's this baby? Why is the nativity set? Who is this baby? And they just, the pastor said, that they just dragged her out of there. When I heard this, I went home and I just want to share something with you. Because I think it's time for us to tell the whole world who's that baby. That baby in Genesis is our creator. That baby in Exodus is the liberator of his people from slavery. That baby in, in Joshua is the God of those that are strong and courageous. That baby in Psalms is, is my shepherd and I shall not want. You see, that baby in Proverbs is a God of wisdom. That baby in Isaiah is admirable, counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. That baby in Daniel closed the mouth of the lions. That baby in Jonah is the God of mercy. That baby grew up and in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he became a man and was born in a stable. That, that man, that baby became a friend to the leopards. He healed the sick. He gave the sight to the blind. You see, that baby, he changed the lives of prostitutes. He changed the lives of Zacchaeus and the thieves. That baby was a friend to the widows and, and, and the forsaken. You see, that baby rose uh, Lazarus from the dead. That baby rose Jairus' daughter. That baby fed 4,000 people with seven breads and a few sardines. That baby walked on water. You see, that little baby in that major stopped storms. That baby taught us to love our enemies. That baby died on the cross for you and for me. And on the third day, he resurrected, resurrected to give us eternal life. That baby is our Savior. That baby in Acts kept his promise and gave us the Holy Spirit. That baby in Romans is our Redeemer. 
in Galatians, he's our path of salvation. That baby in Ephesians is the base of our family. That baby in Colossians is the image of the invisible God. That baby in Hebrews is our high priest. That baby in 1st and 2nd Peter is our living hope. That baby in 1st and 2nd and 3rd John is our security of the believer. And that baby in Revelation 19, 16 is a king of kings and Lord of Lord. Don't miss Christmas. Listen, church, it's time that if this baby made such a big impact, and this baby at 30 years old started his ministry, and at 33 it ended on the cross and on an empty tomb, and on an empty tomb, it's time that that baby can make a difference in our lives. Our everyday lives, in our communities, in our churches, in our marriages, in our kids. But there has to be room for him in our hearts. We can't be that busy that we don't care about his things anymore. We can't be that afraid of losing our throne and miss Christmas. We can't just be that religious leader. That we think that we know it all. That we're living with indifference. While a whole community of Fairburn is going to hell. The need is unbelievable in our community. And they're just waiting for us. To let them know. Who this baby Jesus is. And it's our responsibility. And it's time, church. And I'm praying for 2019 to look different from 2018. But you see, it's not going to be about the staff. It's going to be about the family. And if we're a family, it's time for us to tell who Jesus is in our lives. Remember when Jesus stopped the storms? A few of the disciples says, who is this man? We just saw who this man is. And he still wants to do miracles in our lives. And I just pray that it's different. I don't know if I'm just getting old at 53, but we can't continue doing church the way we've done it. There has to be passion again. There still needs to be a reason for the season, and he is it. And it's time for us to take that step. And not miss Christmas. I pray that 2018 will be different from all the other Christmas. He did his part. Yes, it was in a major, in a stable. The King of Kings did his part for us. And where are we? What are we doing? I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet.